Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. Uh, this morning, live in studio with me is uh, Mr. Bill Ogden of Tactical Civics. He's the founder of the Clearfield Chapter. Tactical Civics is a nationwide group, and our county has the largest group in the country. Uh, we're going to have a discussion with Bill after we return after this message. Contact on Connect. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Community Counting Services for local, family-based mental health. Hi folks, are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services, we provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. And welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. Uh, live in studio with me is Mr. Bill Ogden. Uh, Bill, welcome to the show, and thank you for making time. Thanks, Michael, for having me. Absolutely. Um, I believe this is going to be a very good conversation. Uh, I think we're going to learn a lot about this organization, uh, Tactical Civics. So let's just start with you first, Bill. Who's Bill Ogden? And... How and why did you get involved with uh, Tactical Civics? I'm Bill Ogden from Clearfield, Pennsylvania. Uh, my great-great-great-great-grandfather was the first settler in Clearfield, moved there in 1797. And uh, for fun, that was his eighth move in 40 years. He came to Clearfield when he was 62. Wrap your brain around that. Mm. He and his son walked up or canoed up from Lock Haven. All right. Uh, found a clear field in the river built a cabin with the help of the local Indians, uh, enough to go back to Lock Haven and get Eleanor and the other six kids, and they walked up. And uh, I still live on the warrant of land that was given to the Ogdens for his service in the Revolutionary War. That's, so I like to say Clearfield's our fault. You know, we, <laughs> yeah, that's some fascinating history, too. <laughs> we were there first. Well, I'll come back around to it, Michael, as we go on. Uh, born and raised in Clearfield, live in the same farm I've always been on, uh, always been uh, interested in, in uh, action. You know, what can I do? Uh, you, you certainly want to learn as much as you can, but at some point you're called to do some things. And as I surveyed the landscape of problems before us and looked at the available solutions, I chanced upon a broadcast where a friend of mine, Scott McKay, formerly of Osceola Mills, was interviewing David Zuniga, the founder of Tactical Civics, and what I heard was solutions. I heard, here's how we can solve the current problem. And uh, I, I grabbed onto it immediately. During the course of that broadcast, I went online and bought a copy of the book, The Great We Set, which is David Zuniga's primer on Tactical Civics. In 102 pages, you'll understand exactly what it is we're going to do and how we propose to do it. The simple uh, statement is we're going to enforce the Constitution for a change. It's never been done. It's the top law of the land. Uh, Marbury versus Madison, the first Supreme Court ruling, said any law that's repugnant to the Constitution is no law at all. And so that kind of gives us a construct to measure things. Uh, and uh, we're going to restore the organizations throughout the republic that enforce the Constitution on behalf of we the people. 
Yeah, and so I watched uh, on the website, there is a, a very good informative video from uh, Jeff Calhoun. Uh, I think it's about 11 minutes. Um, explains a lot, but I want to get your thoughts on this. He says there are three major problems in America, one being spiritual, one being legal, and one being political. Can you tell us, explain what he was talking about quickly? I know it's a long, because there is so much in each part of those. We could go on for days. As I listened to David Zuniga uh, that first day, he was making the argument that our problem is ungodliness. We have turned away from God, and he referenced Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to the end, where Paul's addressing the city of Rome, and he said, you people know that God is. You can look around and see that God is real, and yet you have to worship inanimate objects and idols and stuff. And so, he said, God has given you over to your stupidity. Now, Paul never repeated himself, except in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to the end, where he said that phrase three different times, given over to their stupidity. And then Paul listed 24 specific things that were going on at the time. And as I read that list, I'm thinking, well, that happens in Washington every day. One of them uh, is, although they thought themselves wise, they were as fools. There, there are uh, publicly paid for radio stations where you can hear that all day long, where they think themselves wise. But the things they're suggesting are absolute foolishness. And so I pondered that. Is this a spiritual problem? Is it? Is that where I want to go with this? Hmm. Well, later in the scriptures, it says, If my people who are called by my name will turn from their wickedness and humble themselves, kneel down and pray, I will restore their land. That's a promise. Okay, but do I buy into it? Well, go through all the list of people proposing things that you might consider to be out on extremes. They talk about an epic battle between good and evil, an epic battle between darkness and light. The communists dedicated their manifesto to Lucifer, so they think it's a spiritual battle. Mm. Perhaps it would be well if we started to look at it that way too, I decided. And so, okay, number one, I'll accept that premise. And so the solution to ungodliness is repentance. Well, what's that mean? You know, does, do I, what do I have to do? Uh, my buddy Scott is a fitness trainer or has been in the past, and I said, Scott, you do repentance all the time. Somebody comes in fat and out of shape, you tell them they need to have a change in attitude, a change in behavior if they want a change in results. We need a change in attitude and a change in behavior. We want a change in results in our country too. So that's one. The second piece of it was we have to recognize our responsibility that goes with our authority in this country. The document starts in large letters that says, we the people do establish an order. We the people. And circling back to Daniel Ogden who came up the river. Who was the code enforcement officer when Daniel Ogden came to Clearfield? Daniel Ogden. Who was the dog catcher? Daniel Ogden. Which police force did Daniel call when there was a problem? Daniel Ogden. He was the government. He was the only guy here. Eventually, his son William married a bloom from Kerwinsville, its first wedding of Clearfield County residents. They had 16 children that lived. There's a community organizer, if I ever heard of one. <laughs> she, by the way, this is totally off topic, she lived to be 101. Mm. Just think that through after 16 kids in the early 1800s. How is that possible? But <clears throat> those people, when they would meet for dinner, would talk about municipal issues 
roads and trails and trees that were down and what about the floods this year and what are the neighbors up to that's how government formed it formed first in communities then in municipalities then in counties then in states then in the federal government and so it comes back to we have a responsibility to oversee what goes on at some point thing the population got large enough that we could specialize and hire people to do some things the, the, the basic element to me as a farmer is I can either have my musket with me while I plow or I can have some law enforcement people that handle crime and trespassing or wild animals or whatever on my behalf. I hire them. We have a term for them. It's called public servant. A public servant is an employee of we the people. And that's a very important intellectual construct to me. You know, uh, somebody said they were away from the house. When they came home, the three-year-old's coloring on the wall with permanent marker. The junior high-age kids are in the basement putting off soft explosives. And the 16-year-old that was supposed to be in charge while you were gone comes out and says, oh, while you were out, we had passed a moratorium uh, against spankings. Sure you did. Sure, that's going to hold up. <laughs> you know, in Scripture, it says uh, Jesus started a parable uh, this way. He said, and then the master returned. And that's what's going to have to happen here. The master's going to have to return. Well, who's that? We the people. We have abdicated our responsibilities. We have abdicated our authority. We're supposed to be overseeing this. Uh, a lot of times, you know, in the political solution world, we need to hire the best people. It's about the campaign. It's about putting somebody in office. Somebody from my team, that would be ideal. Whatever my team is, my flavor. Or maybe it's from no team. Let's select one of those guys. Hire the best people. When do we ever supervise them? We just send them off. You know, I'm stuck with Fetterman for five more years or something, right? Be until I can maybe change things by replacing him through the hiring process. You're telling me I can't oversee that man's work? See that he's showing up for work? How about you following the dress code? Can we, can we get that done? He works for me. And I, I just keep coming back around to it because it's true. If I inherited from my great-great-great-great-grandfather down this country, then I'm the boss in this country. That's what civics means. Who's the boss? Uh, the the uh, specific addresses. I'm seeing that clock doesn't move. That's I keep. No, working. it doesn't. <laughs> it's been the We've same got plenty time, of time. The time I've yeah. been here. Here's here's what we plan to do. Number one, uh, in the first phase of the operation, we're going to populate every county with a tactical civics chapter. Tactical civics chapter will equal about one half of one percent of county population in Clearfield County. That's 401 people. I don't know it for the rest of the world. Although it is 152 in Jefferson and 126 in Elk and 601 in Blair. I do know those numbers, but the rest of the the uh, the Republic, I don't have those memorized. But we're all working toward that goal. We are going to build our uh, chapters first, and then we are going to move in concert to do a couple of things. Um, for reference, Dan, the uh, uh, Judges chapters 6, 7, and 8 are the story of Gideon. And in 6, 7, and 8, uh, just to refresh the listeners, uh, Gideon was the least of his tribe, and his tribe was the least of the children in, in the land. And the Midianites, the neighbors, had been giving him a bad time. And he was hiding somewhere when God gave him the plan, and here's how we're going to go and do things. And uh, Gideon went and started to put things right, and the Midianites, Midianites came back to uh, smite him, <laughs> whatever that means. And so Gideon blew the shofar, the trumpet, 
32,000 men and boys who could carry swords answered that call. I will uh, submit to you that's a militia. 32,000 men and boys, not knowing what the problem was, heard the call and came. Uh, God said to Gideon, according to the, the uh, scripture, that uh, we want this to be a, a miracle of God, not a miracle of man. So we're going to thin the herd out a little bit. Send everybody home who's scared. 22,000 left. Well, 10,000 is still too many. Have them go get a drink. Everybody that kneels down and laps up the water like a dog, they're not going to see the enemy sneaking up on them. Send them home. It left him with 300. Now, people tend to construe the miracle as Gideon's 300 only. Those were special operators that snuck into the Midianite camp in the middle of the night and created chaos and started the route. And then Gideon sent for the other 31,700 to help cut them off at the pass, shall we say. The reason I reference that story, Clearfield County, there's 80,000 residents, 60,000 registered voters. I need 400 to act as special operators, activists, people who can push the agenda I'm going to lay out without threat of being leveraged by an employer. What kind of employer might leverage you? How about if you work for the government? They'll leverage you. They'll tell you if you're going to be part of that, you can't, you know, we'll fire you. People have benefits and, you know. And so so uh, when they say we're a private member organization, we go through a process to pick our special operators. Uh, obviously, if you could see me on the radio, uh, and my wife says I do have a face for radio, I have the white <laughs> beard and so on, so you don't have to be a child to be a special operator. The... Uh, strategy going forward, why are we going to move in concert? We're going to move in concert because if we do this only and first in Clearfield, think of how that'll play in national media. Bunch of rednecks up in central Pennsylvania doing something, you know, they're odd, they're January 6th, whatever they're going to say, doesn't matter. We will be marginalized and demonized. But if we move, and I'll just spitball 10, 10 counties in 10 states, 100 counties all at the same time, what will that do in the media? And what will be the market pressure for organizing? So there's there's a strategy in place for how we're going to roll out. The other thing I tell people is Eisenhower put the men, materials, and machinery in Britain first. And then he invaded Normandy. And he didn't tell the Nazis when he was coming. He let them guess. And so we're going to roll out when we're good and ready. What are we going to do? The first thing we're going to do is we're going to restore two organs of local government. One's called the grand jury. The grand jury has a thousand year history. We brought it from England. It was here in the colonial period, kept it through the revolution. There's a book called The People's Panel, The Grand Jury in America from 1643 to 1941. It was the way things were done. The people assembled and they looked at issues to see if they were running properly. Did the people I hired in government do the job they were hired to do? That's the grand jury. The grand jury is selected from the voter rolls, seated by the judge. Judge leaves the room. The grand jury has equal authority in the courthouse to the judge, superior to the prosecutor, superior to the sheriff. All resources are available to the grand jury. They can investigate wherever the trail leads them. You and I were talking about that in the lobby, where the trail might lead, and uh, can issue subpoenas and search warrants if need be. They're an investigative body. Their question is, does it look bad enough that we need to look further? Is there fraud here or not fraud here? I don't know. If we think there is, they issue what's called a presentment. It's like an indictment, only without the DA. And the presentment causes the individual or individuals they're looking at to have to defend themselves in front of the petite jury, the 12-man jury. Now, in the market I'm working in, 
The average citizen doesn't know there's two juries. Actually, the only thing the average citizen seems to be aware of is how to get out of jury duty, which is absolutely upside down from the world we were supposed to live in based on the founders. We're, we're supposed to serve jury duty. You know, the, the 12-man jury is a jury of my peers, people that say, well, I know Michael, and he didn't do that. Or, I know Michael, and if he did do that, he had a good reason, not guilty. Or, I know Michael, you're darn right he did that. It's a bad law. Throw the law out. We're supposed to, as a petite jury, rule on the facts and the law. Why is it that way? Because the king made the law, and the king appointed the judges, and there sits Michael being accused by the crown, and the only thing standing between him and the Huskow is 12 men that know him. That's what that's about. We have to teach those things again. One of the common things I hear on the trail is, well, they don't teach that in school. They didn't talk about the Constitution. I finally said to the one interviewer, this is going to sting, but you didn't teach your child. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not up to the school. to any. This is a billism. Anything you want your kids and grandkids to know, you'd better tell them, or they aren't going to know it. That's just that's just how it works. You know, it's, I, when, when did I abdicate authority? Well, you know, what the one granddaughter said, uh, something about math, and I showed her. She said, no, we don't work it that way. I said, what do you mean? She said, we have to do it a different way. I said, honey, nobody cares how you get the answer. They only care if they get the right change and smile. You know, I don't care if you count your toes or use an abacus. Uh, enough about schools. We're going to restore the grand jury through a county ordinance. The chapter will function as the activist organization that gets that done in concert with our friends who may not be chapter members. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Please Bill. do. Only because I'm trying to wrap my head around what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, these ordinances. Yep. Got to be passed by the people. How do you make it an ordinance to enforce what we're trying to set up here? Three county commissioners voted in as an ordinance. So you, Two out of three. So today you'd have to go to Mr. Sobel, Mr. Winters, and Mr. Glass. Yes. And ask them to vote on this. Yes. Have they been presented with? Nope. Not yet. Uh, I'm sure they're aware. Okay. We're, we're not a secret organization. Right. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> the reason I'm asking, though, is I don't know that they've taken a vote yet, is what I'm saying. No. Well, we, we have not been presented with this. We're going to move in concert with other counties sure. within the same 30-day span. I got uh, you. And then let me, so I get some clarification here. The, the grand jury. Fascinating, but is that up to Judge Ammerman and Judge Cherry, or is that... Ammerman Cherry and our district attorney Ryan Sayers. Like, how do how do you get seated at this grand jury? Like, who would seat you? Uh, the ordinance will cause a grand jury website to, to be part of the county website, so that people. I can follow be you. Informed. It's all ordinance driven, and um, there will be a line on there. Do you have something the grand jury needs to look at? When sufficient numbers of people, I would suggest half of one percent, all say, "Yeah, we ought to be looking into the city manager and Dubois." The grand jury will look into the city manager and Dubois. What won't happen is one guy issuing one complaint endlessly on Clearfield Live probably won't get any play with the grand jury. Fair enough. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. We do have a grand jury looking into Dubois, yep. right? And that is not what you're talking about, but that is a grand jury. And so the system, I would say, is working to some extent, is it not? No. Okay. No, there should be... There should be statewide grand juries, but the problem that we're seeing 
uh, uh, that's articulated by tactical civics is the federal government has done an effective job corrupting state governments. And so the backstop for that is, is at the county level. I follow you. And w one of the good things that happens at the county level I know Dan, now I know you. Mm -hmm. And so we're sitting in a room with people where I can say, is your brother Charlie? Yeah, I went to school with Charlie. That works, that's a big thing, this knowing people. And, and here's a, a principle I learned years ago, all things being equal, people would just as soon do business with someone they know, like, and trust. Sure. That will occur on a county grand jury, because I'll know the people I'm grand jurying with. And if I don't, I sure will by the end. I sure will by the end. So ordinance driven, you're, oh, yes. someday, someday your, your organization's going to move on yeah. different now, counties across the country to say, here are the ordinances we'd like to see passed. When you download or purchase your copy of The Great We Set, you'll find the ordinances in the indices. Uh, you can read them or I can send you a copy if you wish. Uh, much better for you to have the whole text than, than just excerpts, but whatever works for you. Second organ we're going to restore is the lawfully constituted militia. Militia is law enforcement. Yep. Militia is how things were done for 800 years. It is not the Montana 3% looking to kill John and Beth Dutton this year on Yellowstone. It is people's law enforcement. It is sidearms. And I'll just give an example. Let's say hypothetically that you had a city manager that may or may not be involved in corruption, and you asked the hireling police officers in the city to go issue, uh, execute a search warrant at his home. Wouldn't it be reasonable in their minds to say, boy, if we don't, if we don't convict him, he's going to fire me? They have a conflict of interest. And so rather than sending them, send the lawful militia to do a search warrant or issue a subpoena. And so, so they go hand in hand. The militia partners with the grand jury. Okay. It is the people. It's law. And again, who did this? Who did this when we founded the county? No, you know, the people that lived right. here. Um, Very the, fascinating. We're going to have to take a quick break, oh, yeah. but we'll come right back. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Lifespan Family Services for local adoption and foster care services. Lifespan Family Services provides foster care and adoption services. How do you become a foster resource parent? Well, there is a check done to make sure you are financially, physically, and mentally fit to care for a child. Clearances must be obtained, your home inspected, and trainings provided. You probably qualify, but you must apply to know for sure. Call LifespanFamilyServices.com to apply to become a foster parent. That's LifespanFamilyServices.com. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement, having a great conversation with Bill Ogden about tactical civics. Bill, I know we only have about three minutes left. There are big questions around uh, having this militia that you're talking about. Um, in Clearfield County, we do have a posse group, don't we? I think uh, the sheriff used to have one. I don't know if it's still running. I don't know if Sheriff Turner, does he support this idea? Do we know? Didn't ask him. Okay. Fair enough. He works for the government. He's my employee. This isn't something he's going to be doing. The sheriff's posse, however, is not the militia. Gotcha. It is, it is a group organized by the sheriff's office. And with all due respect to Mike Turner, who I know and, uh -huh. and like, would find out if he's really my friend if I didn't pay my property taxes for about three years. We'll see which side of the fence he falls on then. Fair enough. But I'm going to say he stands by the law. But I, I hear what you're saying. Um 
I want to make sure that listeners, uh, because I have seen you guys all over Facebook and I've heard about you, I want to make sure that the listeners know how to hear about your organization and how to get in touch with Bill Ogden. Tacticalcivics.com is the website. You can go there and get some introductory information. I tell you, if I said anything that might be uh, interesting, go ahead and spring for the five bucks and join for 30 days. Download every book on there to your hard drive and then quit if you're so inclined, but at least you'll have the information. Uh, that'll, that'll get you a lot. Also, we have an event in Dubois on Monday. I think that's February 26th at the Dubois Alliance Fellowship Hall. That's 1004 South Main Street. Starts at 6.30. It's called an introductory seminar. It'll last less than an hour. And those people bring food. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, I believe we're just about out of time. But, Bill, I want to thank you for coming on and and giving us, I know it was a lot of information quick, but we're probably going to have to have you back someday to follow up and think about this. But uh, Tactical Civics, uh, go check it out if that's something you're interested in. And, uh, Bill, as always, I appreciate your insight and your, uh, your thought process and our great conversations. Thank you, sir.